THN is brought to you by Legend Comics and Coffee in Omaha, Nebraska. Creators like longtime listener and friend of the show Carl Smith and by listeners like you. Go to TwoHeadedNerd.com and click donate or visit Patreon.com backslash TwoHeadedNerd to become a supporter. ha Ho, ho, ha, ha. Remember the old chum? Mm, jolly daddy. Welcome to the Two of the Nerd Comic Book Podcast. First and only Facebook Live talk show. We call it THN. Cover to cover. We do it every Saturday. This Saturday just happens to be Saturday, November. What is today? November 3rd. November 3rd. It's Wooly Toots' birthday. It is Wooly Toots' birthday. And we're celebrating Toots style, as you can see. He wasn't invited. Here's how it works. Every Saturday from 1130 to 1230 Central Standard Time, Joey and I are talking all things comics and nerd with you nerds live. You can call us at 402-819-4894 or just click the Facebook Call Now button if you want to get in on the action. If you can't call in live, you can always leave us a message. All right, That phone line is always open. We're not always answering it. Today, we answer. But it's always open. Otherwise, shoot us an MP3 to TwoHeadedNerd at gmail.com. Some of you guys live overseas and whatnot. In yeah. Different times. I get it. But before we get started with this stupid show, Joey, I need you to reset the question of the week. All right. I have it right here on my script. This week's question comes from new guy via the THN forums. Matt and I are suffering. Our favorite corn-themed sports ball team has hit a rough patch, and holy shiz, they suck. They're getting their butts kicked by Ohio State right now. <laughs> a new group has taken over, and I think they can rebuild, but it's a tough road to hoe, mountain to climb, and other such idioms and cliches. Hodoro. Right now, we need some gosh darn hope. That's not what he said. He no, said it. No. He said it much harsher. We look to comics for inspiration, and I'm looking to you nerds for solace. So, which creative team do you think has engineered the greatest turnaround in comics? What person or team took a character or book from the lowest Liefeldian lows to the highest Kirbyan highs? Turnarounds. Yeah, in other words, we're looking for a creative team that came onto a book that was tanking badly. Right, like a run that sucked so bad. And completely reinvigorated. For example, title. don't give your answer, but for example. Uh, for example, uh, J. Michael Straczynski coming on to Spider-Man. Uh, I mean, that's not my answer, obviously. <laughs> but his run was infinitely better than the run that that's came before true. it. That's true. As many problems as it had. Right. Uh, he, yeah, he followed a, a, a very terrible run by Howard Mackey and John Byrne. Ooh. Ugh, so bad. Oh. What was the Captain America run before Mark Wade came on? Oh. Uh, it was garbage. It, in the nineties, gosh, I don't, re- I don't even it remember. It was garbage. Oh yeah, where he had like an armored suit and mm-hmm. yeah. oh man, it was terrible. And then Mark Wade came on, and all of a sudden Captain America was amazing again. Yeah. Oh, so we're gonna do it. You got your question of the week. The phone lines are open. I demand that you call because no one left us any voicemails. Uh, we do have a video message from Stately Lord Fungus on Twitter. We do. Yes, we do. How does that work? I don't even know how to do that. Was it direct to us? Yeah, just go to our mentions and you'll find it. Our mentions or our messages? Mentions. Our unmentionables? <laughs> go to our unmentionables. Our expendables. I didn't know you could send video. Oh, here it is. Yeah, I mean, he just, Let's yeah, see. he just recorded a video on the on, on Gail's phone. Worldwide, asking oh, 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 these oh. Live from Mushroom Manor, I am Stately Lord Fungus here for THN Worldwide, asking these alpacas what they thought of the Sabrina the Teenage Witch gritty reboot. <laughs> alpacas, what did you think? Oh, well, there was, uh, it was good in places, you know, but, uh, you know, overall, I think I prefer the 90s version with Militia Joan Hart. Uh, what's this over here? Oh, not really interested. Uh, I'm more into the haunting of Hill House, actually. <laughs> Okay, you heard it here first. Alpacas do not like the new gritty reboot of Sabrina. For THM Worldwide, I'm Stately. Man, those alpacas were kind of harsh on yeah, the Chilling Adventures. I just finished Sabrina. Bunch of jerks. I just finished the other night. It was so good. Uh, I've only seen the first three episodes because it came out on the same day as Red Dead Redemption 2. Fair enough. I've been playing that too, but I have this wife that wants to watch TV as well. Oh, so, uh, yeah. No. You know, 
I'm like, what goes on in your house, I guess. I my wife and I do not like the same television programs. No, typically we don't either, but like, we come together on some. Yeah, same. Like, we yeah. watch The Americans, and we watch uh, Sabrina, and like we're watching The Haunting of Hill House, which started slow, getting really good. Is it scary or creepy? Is it more scary or creepy? I mean, it's, it's creepier psychological kind of stuff. Yeah. Not like a whole bunch of jump scares. There's moments that are like, ooh, you know, it's ghosts. It's about sure. ghosts. I'm wonder, I wonder if I would like it. I was listening to um, the last podcast on the left, and they were talking about how they really liked it, and they went online to read criticism of it, and all these people, like, not necessarily criticism, but analysis and whatnot, and all these people are like, oh, yeah, it's all about mental health. It's all about mental health. And they were like, fuck you, it's about ghosts! I mean, it's, it's also about mental health. <laughs> yeah, but it's more about ghosts and how ghosts drove people crazy. It can be two things. I'm not saying that... Oh, fuck. Answer the phone. Thank you for calling THN Cover to Cover and ending this stupid fight we're having. Caller, who dis? Hey, it's Hallucinathan. Hello. Hallucinathan. Let me turn you down. You are... Woo. We turned it way up to play you're, that video. You're a little hot on the uh, mic, if you know what I mean. What do you want to rap uh, about today, sir? Uh, did you finally get around to watching Halloween 2018? Yes. Yes, I did. I went last week, and I completely loved it. It was fantastic. Yeah, that I have to say that this is actually the first Halloween sequel featuring Michael Myers. That's great. Truly. No, I, I definitely agree. And I loved how I they just think, they wiped the slate clean. They're like, like yeah. in the very beginning, someone was like, didn't Michael Myers kill like 45 people? Like, no, no. Somebody just made all that crap up. <laughs> and it was just yeah, like saying, before, like, only the first one counts. Deal with it. Yeah. But before that, I used to say Halloween 3 was the only good Halloween sequel because I'm one of those twisted people. I do. I love Halloween 3. I love it. For, that movie's bananas. On the pure, like, how the fuck did this movie get made? <laughs> like, it was, a, it was a movie that could only be made in its time. And, like, it, why they needed to call it Halloween, other than the fact that it, like, the main crux of the action, I guess, took place on Halloween. But it had nothing to do with Michael Myers. No mention. Nothing. It was a company that was run by a warlock that made special masks that when kids put it on, they would hear this song that was going to be played on Halloween. And, but the company was called Silver Shamrock, I believe. And it would turn them all into like mindless drones that would work for the company. Actually, their heads would explode into spiders and snakes. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yes. And the idea initially is... was like, oh, yeah, he like the idea initially was it will be our slaves. But no, there was like a sacrifice for Satan or something like that. I, I have to watch that movie in private because that silver shamrock theme that'll get stuck in my wife's head. And I'm on her shit list for a week. But yeah, two positives about the new movie, two negatives that I can take away from that. The first thing you mentioned right off the bat, disregarding all the other movies, because it just got rid of all that yeah, baggage. Yeah, stupid. Uh, when Paul Rudd Michael showed Myers up is, as like the Satan worshiper and like the, the, the curse of Michael Myers or the cult of Michael Myers. Oh, man, that was dumb. Ugh. Michael Myers is much more scarier as a human boogeyman. Yeah. And I think that this did that because in this movie, he actually suffers a grievous injury, which it is going to be Interesting to see how any sequel would explain it away. Right. Yeah. And, and he's an old man. He gets his you, head cut yeah. off. You see Michael is an old man at this point. Mm -hmm. he, you know, he's, he's a human. He's not this unstoppable killing machine. He was just like a kid that snapped one day, and his eyes turned black, and he killed his sister, and there was no reason why. We don't know. Totally normal kid. Yeah. Parents were normal. He wasn't abused. It could happen to you. It could happen to your kid. It could happen to your dog. You know, like, oh, shit. Sometimes we just snap and we go insane, and there's no there's, there's no reason why, you know. I, oh, so you're saying it's about mental health? <laughs> it's about mental health. Yes. <laughs> yeah, remo removing that familiar link that the sequel set up, the, the original Halloween two was the best thing that uh, series could have done. Absolutely. Uh, the the negatives were the inconsistent tone. I really enjoyed the kid that was being babysat. That added a lot of humor and genuine laughs. But that kid was the, the fucking two, great. That little the, black the, kid. The, <laughs> he was yeah, the, the two deputies. The two deputies and the doofy dad. I mean, it just made the tone inconsistent. And I'm not going to get too major into spoilers. I'll just allude to it. Uh, the uh, supplemental characters twist. 25 minutes towards the end. Yeah. I just looked at my wife and I said, I think this movie just shit the bed. Yeah. I, I know, I know what you're talking about. I don't want to spoil it either, but I was like, we don't, we didn't need that. That was dumb. 
Don't need that. Yeah. You know, yeah, I, I said I, I had to mark it down a whole letter grade on that one. I'm that like, was okay, the only it, thing that bothered me, though. Like, I didn't I, mind. The I, dad was played by the guy that was the whiz in Seinfeld and already the yep. strongest man in the world. And he was, like, kind of fun. Like, hey, I'm yeah. like, hey, you know, and I didn't mind him. And I really, what was the, the daughter? I can't say the name of the actors. What's her name? Judy Greer. Judy Greer was excellent. Yeah, I kept, I kept thinking it's Ant-Man's wife. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. Judy Greer was <laughs> Excellent. She's uh, Jeffrey Tambor's uh, secretary on Arrested Development. Get on your mic. I'm Come on. Smash shut you. your <laughs> face. Yeah, she was the one that kept <laughs> taking her shirt off. You'll never see Take these again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. But, I yeah, totally loved it. I, I, yeah, I would say that this is actually the first Halloween sequel to feature Michael Myers that actually is great. Yes. Uh, so uh, I gave it a B. Uh, it's just it did get marked down that one extra letter grade. It would have been an A if it would have been for the uh, nonsensical plot twist. Now consider this, and mm-hmm. and I realize Carpenter didn't direct this one, but he did produce yeah. it and help write it. In every Carpenter film, literally every Carpenter film, there was that character. There was that one character that we thought was a good guy, and it turns out, no, they're a maniac, you know, or whatever. I mean, that was sort of a trope in a lot of his movies. I'm not saying that excuses it here. It's just, it it just veered so wildly out of nowhere that, uh, yeah, the, the actions that he took, I was fearful for, like, the first 30 seconds. Yeah. Because I don't want to get into spoiler territory, but I'm like, is this where it's going to be changing who the character is at this point. Right, right. And then I'm, that's when I was like, oh, my God, this movie, what's going on here? <laughs> no, I, L- thought, L- I, L- I thought it was fantastic, though. The music was great. Yeah. The feel of it was great. The, the ending was fantastic. Jamie Lee Curtis was gr- wonderful. Oh, there's, yeah, a, there's a scene with her daughter where, like, her daughter realizes who she is and why her mom raised her the way she was. That was so effective and perfect. It just, oh, mm-hmm. man, loved it. Totally great stuff. Yeah. Is that Corby yeah, that... all the way? Yeah. Carby Locust says it's coming across quiet. We're coming across real quiet? Yeah. Oh, sorry, I mean, In our headphones, it's loud, though. Well, so. Yeah, but that's basically trying to gain up here for my man Harvey. How's that, Harvey? That should be better, Harvey. Is that any better for you? Oh, the monitor's turned way down. That's why. My bad. Ha-ha, there you go. Yeah, we did, <laughs> we've never done this before. Yeah, we're really good at this. Nathan? But even the uh, even the other sequels, like that Halloween H2O, which I just refer to Halloween, uh, Halloween Water, yeah. jokingly. God, it's terrible. Ja- Jamie Lee Curtis is playing Jamie Lee Curtis. This is the first movie where she's actually playing Laurie Strode. No, I totally agree. Which was great. Yes, mm-hmm. like this is what Laurie Strode would be like because she was chased by a psychotic killer when she was younger. She would yep. be all fucked up. I totally agree. It was great. Yep. Nathan, always well, good to talk you to you. I enjoyed it. Yep. All Catch right. you later. Have a good one, man. Bye, Nathan. Thanks, Harv. We, uh, we would have that. never known because we hear things differently in yes, our headphones. Yes, I had the monitor turned way down. That is my bad, Harvey. But phone lines are open. We would love to talk to you. Joe Patrick is too much of a baby to see Halloween. I tried to get him to go. He wussed out. Instead, no, I watched I, the thing instead. Occasional, occasional guest host uh, Dave and I went together. Joe was invited, ditched us. You know, happens. What can you do? Regardless, we had a wonderful time. Okay, great. I'm glad. <laughs> I'm very glad. I'm happy for you. <laughs> Uh, no, my wife and I stayed in and we watched The Thing, which is another John Carpenter movie. A movie that you, my copy of uh, yeah, DVD that you have. Meant to bring it with For me. like five years. I've had it for- And you can watch it anytime. I've had it for a long time. The Thing is something we watch when we get snowed in in this house. Uh, it was very good. Oh, it's I wonderful. quite enjoyed it. I love John Carpenter so very much. He's one of my favorite filmmakers. Uh, Prince of Darkness. Vastly underrated. John Carpenter film, and it's starring almost the whole cast of uh, Big Trouble in Little China, minus Kurt Russell and uh, what's her head, uh, blonde girl from Sex and the City. I can't say her name. Sarah Jessica Parker? No, blonde girl. Isn't Sarah Jessica Parker? The mannequin. Kim Cattrall. Kim Cattrall. Yeah. yeah Kim yeah, Cattrall, yeah. yes. Uh, doesn't it also star Simon from Simon and Simon? Yes. He is, yeah. Not that Simon, the other one. Yeah, Simon, not Ann Simon. Ann right. Simon was the beefy one. Was Major Dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was Major Dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the phone lines are open. We need calls. We've got, uh, we were talking on the regular show, the Uncanny X-Men are coming back. 
this week in their new Uncanny X-Men number one. Yeah. A brand new series, The Return of Uncanny X-Men. No color, just X-Men. Now, are... No color as in X-Men Red, X-Men Blue, Is that shit still going on? No, I think X-Men Red ended with this last issue. X-Men Gold and Blue both ended. I think... I think all those color books are done. Good. Definitely good. Because we don't need it. Astonishing X-Men is still going. Yes. I don't know why. But it's not I mean, it, Yeah. No, it's, it is. Um, Matthew Rosenberg took it over. It's been fun. I've enjoyed it's been it. All right. No, it's been okay. You're Greg right. Land on art, though. Yeah. It's rough. Enough of that crap. But the X-Men are coming back. I wanted to talk a little bit about the state of the X-Men, if anybody wants to talk about that. Because I feel like we are at a place where the X-Men have been so lost for so long that I do not know how you resurrect it. And I don't know that putting Jean in her 90s costume with this team is the way to do it. X-Men Red was really good. It was good. I liked it. Yeah. And it was her and Nightcrawler, and it felt like an X-Book. Mm-hmm. But notably, no Wolverine here. No Cyclops. Wolverine's still not fully back. No Colossus. They'll be there. Will they? I'm sure they will. I don't know, man. Well, Colossus is in Astonishing X-Men right. with Havoc. And, but that's uh, also not like a team book. That's like a rotating thing. No, they're a group. Yeah, it's Dazzler and Havoc and Colossus and I forget who else. But yeah, they're like, to- they're together. Yeah, but I mean, that whole series has been like, hasn't it been like pastiche stuff? That's like- over. That's done with. Okay. so the, the- It was kind of like anth- anthologizing a-, a little bit in the Charles Soule run. But gotcha. now, now it's like a... Like an now it's ongoing like a team book. Narrative, yeah. So it's just a matter of time before we get X-Men back. And that's where we're going to have Cyclops and Beast and everybody returns, right? Um, I'm, you I'm, have to bring Cyclops I'm back. I'm betting Cyclops will be back in Uncanny X-Men. You've got to fix him. Yeah. We can't... I don't even know where, he's, where the character is at right now. If he's a terrorist, if he's dead. I have no idea. People are He's so, dead. He's, Cyclops is dead. He died. He's, de- he's dead. Where did he die? Uh, Death of X, I think it was, oh, it was called. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the ter- he had Terrigen poisoning. Yeah, which is stupid. Right. So dumb. And we cleaned all that up. The Inhumans are dead. The X-Men are dead. We're not worried about Inhumans versus X-Men anymore. That's all finished, yeah, finished and done. I'm, I'm not paying much attention to what's going on with the Inhumans. The after, death of Inhumans is still rolling. Uh, the, the final issue, I believe, comes out on Wednesday. And no one cares, right? Um, I stopped reading the book the second that they killed Lockjaw. I was like, fuck this book. <laughs> no, thanks. <laughs> Not interested. The, got, the one inhuman I give a shit about. You got bummed about the dogs dying in the thing, too. And it's like, uh, they had to kill the dogs. The dogs were not dogs anymore. The dogs were turning into aliens. Well, I get it. It's, <laughs> it was a harsh reality. Well, yeah, that's how it goes, man. Yeah. You were less concerned about the people than the dogs, too. Yeah, fuck those people. <laughs> Uh, uh, Nathan says In the Mouth of Madness Best Lovecraft homage movie I did Highly underrated Sam Neill Yeah Excellent in that movie In the Mouth of Madness Really good Again John Carpenter Super creepy Super fucking weird (laughs) Our buddy Super Fro uh, From the Signed In Podcast Says the last X stuff I remember is Inferno Have I missed anything? Yeah you missed quite a bit Uh, missed quite a bit eh. So the teens are gone right? Young ones? Uh the X-Teens? I mean, it's a school. They, they're still at the school. They're still around. Yeah. They're, okay, we haven't shunted them back in time yet. All right. Oh, oh, the teens. The X-Teens. Uh, Young Cyclops. That's what's happening Young. in Extermination right uh, now. Okay, okay. Thank you for calling THN Cover to Cover. Caller, who dis? JD got a catch. JD, what up? thank you for calling us. We were just bitching about the X-Men. Yeah, I heard. <laughs> <laughs> Do you, now, you've kept up on the Inhuman shit, right? You're actually into that. Uh... Yeah, ish. Uh, and the re- lake house is a little, a little behind. We haven't gotten into the death of Inhumans oh, yet. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, all right. For those of you who don't got, know, JD exists in a pocket universe six months behind ours. Yes. Called the Marvel. Except for, when it, except for when it comes to television. Except for television. Yes. Strangely, except for television. Well, yeah. you know. Yeah. Broadcast waves are different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the John Carpenter thing where, from Prince of Darkness where they beamed the, the like warning back in time to tell everybody, like, don't yeah. let this happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want to rap uh, about today, sir? I actually want to talk about a Netflix show. Okay. Which one? Uh, season two of Castlevania. 
It was so good. I haven't it's watched it yet. so oh. brutal. I haven't watched it yet because it came yeah. out on the same day as Red Dead Redemption 2. Good God. You act like it's your full-time <laughs> job. <laughs> I watched uh, the first, like, six episodes. I think there's there's eight episodes total, or is it ten? Yeah. Eight. Okay. Uh, eight, yeah. Yeah, and they're half an hour. They're, they're not long. They're, like, half oh, yeah, an hour episodes. Oh, yeah, that's what I loved about them. So good. Alucard is there, whooping ass, being a total, oh, my God. Simon and Alucard oh, are I teamed know. up. It is so brutal. <laughs> like, yes. Simon finds the uh, the Morning Star. Trevor. Oh, man. Yeah, Trevor. Trevor. Trevor, pardon me, finds the Morning Star. It is yeah. so brutal okay. and so good. So, is Warren Ellis uh, writing you, this season, too? Yeah. Okay, good. You can tell. Yeah, this, this, this was Warren Ellis' project. He executive produced it. He uh, wrote it. He was on site for all of the all of the uh, cast recordings. Awesome. So they were actually blind to dialogue, but he would change in the in the recording room because they just didn't come out right. They very quietly released this too. Like it seems like Netflix is this like swirling, like just black hole of content. You know, yeah, and yeah. they're like, oh, look, there's this just came out. And then it falls like a star into the hole and it's gone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just so much, almost too much. But I, one thing I loved about just watching it, the th- one of the things I loved about the whole se- the whole show, the whole series was the, f- the way they made Dracula. Like you almost you felt for him. Well, he's a, <laughs> he's not a bad guy. Like Dracula no, no. understood, we have to yeah, live. Yeah. He's a bad guy. Well, I mean, inherently, yeah, he's sucking blood and shit. But he also understood, like, for to protect his people, I we have to live quietly and do our thing, so we can continue to live. And there's this other faction that's like, fuck that, let's take over the planet. It's very X Men. Yeah, it's very Charles. Xavier. And then, like, imagine if Charles Xavier had to eat babies to live, <laughs> <laughs> but didn't like it. You know, <laughs> he didn't want to do it. He no. had to do. This it. is just a job. Well, no, in a lot of ways, it was like. It, I mean, it was like Dracula was like Xavier, and then you know, if you know, Trask actually won and wiped out his entire. Yeah. Wiped out the entire school but him. Totally. You know, you know, you know, Charles would just like strap on Cerebro and just go, you're done. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. But like in Castlevania, Dracula married a human woman. Right. And they had a kid. Yeah. And he never, yeah. he never converted his wife. And, yeah, and later and on, she, she was, was killed. And there, yeah. all the other vampires are like, is, is that weird? Like, how come he didn't convert her if Turn he loved her? her? Yeah. Yeah. Why didn't he do it? Because Dracula like, yeah. loved her for her humanity. Because she and, he and, didn't want and, her to have and, to eat babies. Yeah, exactly. And, and they killed her because he had taught her science. Right. And so she was acting as a doctor in town, and the church burned her as a witch. Yeah, the church shows up, and they're like, what is this Satan ritual? She's like, no, 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 no. It's not magic. I'm helping what people was, with science, you know? What was... Just the the, 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 the the artful, beautiful stroke that Ellis gave it was Dracula didn't kill him right away. Right. He he gave them a year. Yeah. <laughs> to bring forth the people responsible. Yeah. Denounce was, them and hand them over to him. Totally. Like you fucked up. And, and, we'll and solve you, this and you guys this are way. Good. Yeah, we'll solve it you this way. We'll take care of it, and while we'll go back to being vampires, you go back to being humans. And they were like, "No, and we will, we will make no deals with the devil." And, blah, blah, blah. and he's like, "Okay." And year, war. And year to the day, <laughs> the stupid bishop is like saying, "You know, it's been a year, and there's no nothing's happened. You know, we won, blah blah blah." Yeah. And it starts to rain blood. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I saw the first season. It, oh, man. The second season. Yeah, was, yeah, the first was, season was admittedly a little slow. I, yeah, I thought it was kind of slow. This season. Weren't there mm. also only like four episodes? Or? I think there was. Yeah. Yeah, just a four. Because it was originally, I think it was originally supposed to be a movie and they cut it into yes. segments, yeah. which is why the pacing seemed a little weird. Right. This one, they, you could tell they made half an hour It was purpose, purpose, yeah. purposefully made. And they're going to do more. And it is. Oh, yeah. Already renewed for season fan three. fucking fantastic. I love it. I have to pick that up. Ooh. Yeah. I want the will kid we, Icarus treatment next. The pirate? <laughs> will we finally get the pirate guy? I, I, oh, the guy that walks on walls? I don't think yeah. anything is off limits in this. I feel like Ellis is a huge Castlevania nerd, and he is going for it. Yeah. 
Castlevania well, yeah, three. Yeah, because I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of time. deep cuts from yeah. from Transylvania three in there. Really deep cuts. Yeah. Speaking of which, I loved Mondo. I loved um, the- released like all the Castlevania soundtracks on oh, vinyl oh. with like crazy colored vinyl and these beautiful fold out jackets that have amazing Castlevania art. And now they're selling for like two hundred bucks each on friggin' eBay because I couldn't. Castlevania soundtrack uh, was amazing. It was so good. Oh. Castlevania, yeah. one of Best my favorite old yeah. school Nintendo games. Yep, it's right up there with Mega Man oh, for man. memorable oh, yeah. video game soundtracks. Yeah, so now we want our serious Mega Man anime. Let's see it. Let's go. Oh, yeah. Bring it. That would be cool. That'd Bring be it. That or, that or if we could finally get a good Metroid one. Oh, oh yeah. I would kill. A good Metroid series would be I would kill for a Metroid series. That would be so good. If only Captain Lou oh, Albano yeah. was still alive, we could get that Super Mario Brothers yeah, reboot. definitely. <laughs> it's sad. <laughs> Swing your arms from left to right. Come on, it's time to go through the Mario. <laughs> and, this, and the dance hey. is, take one step, and then you're done. Let's do the Mario. <laughs> Hey, hey do, you, do you do you guys do you guys know what kind of pants Mario wears? Oh, is this a joke? Is this a joke? I'm, just I'm ready. You, I'm not good with this. Let, let me have it. Go ahead. Denim, denim, denim. Okay. <laughs> Outstanding. No, that, that was great. That's legit. Right, I'm hanging up on you. That's Goodbye. <laughs> nice talking to you. <laughs> Bye, Jack. I totally fired him. <laughs> he doesn't just want candy. He needs candy. <laughs> That's called responsibility. Yes, the new Castlevania is wonderful. The phone lines are open. Somebody else called in at the same time as uh, our, I think it may have been Hollowell. I'm not certain. But somebody called in at the same exact time, and I had to cut him off. So call back now. Was it Patrick? Patrick is watching. Maybe. Could have been Patrick. I'm not certain. Patrick, call us. We have nothing to talk about. (laughs) Please. (laughs) We have to fill an entire hour. We have 34 minutes left. Nah, we can always call it a day. (laughs) It's like, all right. Thanks a lot, folks. Peace out, nerds. Great. Everybody's watching the Ohio State game, I guess. And they're kicking the pants off because it can't be good. It was not Patrick. Okay. Well, call us now then, goddammit. It was not Patrick. Um, Thank you. Wow, man. Is this Patrick? (laughs) Thank you for calling THN cover to cover. Caller, who it is? It's Harvey. Harvey! That's who it was. Sorry you couldn't hear us earlier, Harvey. I apologize. What do you want to rap about today? Um, Well, let's do an all-in-one because uh, we got Answer of the Week and X-Men Talk. Yeah, let's do it. And, uh, you know, my Answer of the Week is going to be a little, eh, probably not what people were expecting because it is in Excalibur. Okay. But it's not Warren Ellis. Warren Ellis came in and he did a really good job. It was wonderful. Uh, But I think when uh, Ben Rabe came in after him, I think he managed to clean up the series so much. Remind me. Remind me what was going on when he took over. Um, this was about the time, um, Micromax was around. Okay. It was after Um, Ellis, wasn't it? Yeah. It was after Ellis. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, yeah. He finished the series, I believe. Was this around the time when uh, Ellis did like that, like brought in like four different British creators that like took over briefly in the series and we had like, um, Ian Edgington. No, no, no. This was before that. Oh, this is before that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, Counter X, I think. Counter is what, X what is what called. I was thinking of. Yeah. yeah, that was where we got Brian Wood on Generation X. Yes. And, uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Go on, Harv. This was this this was when Warren Ellis brought in four new characters to Excalibur. It was uh, Cersei's, who was this alien chick who uh married uh or was involved with uh, Nightcrawler. Okay. Yeah, she's a um, she's a Shiar, right? She's a I think she was Shiar. Yeah. yeah, yeah, she was Shiar. And then we had Pete Wisdom. I love Pete Wisdom. With the Wisdom Pride. Hot with his hot I fingers. Love Wisdom and Pride. Yeah. <laughs> Pete Wisdom was in a time where several people were shooting hot knives out of their hands. <laughs> yeah, that's true. There were like there were so many people like, yeah. "Oh, I got the hot knife thing," you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, in the 90s, you it was really it was really helpful to have hot knives on you at all yeah, times apparently. in the 90s. <laughs> I do love Pete Wisdom and I liked him and, and Kitty as a couple. Yeah, that was cute. I did like Yeah. That. And and last week you guys were 
talking bad about uh, um, Don and what's his name, Xander? Oh, uh, and Xander and Don and Buffy, yes. Uh, them as a couple, yeah. yeah. I, I think it's creepy yes. and gross. It's gross. But then you're like, but but then Colossus and Kitty? Yeah, but like Colossus didn't babysit Kitty Pride <laughs> when she was a baby. And also, okay, here's the thing. If you want to say that Kitty joined the X-Men when she was 15, 16? 13. 13. What was Pete? 17, 18? That's a five-year Yeah, difference. I mean, Pete, they were all young. Like 20. They were he was all, at least 20. Pete was not 20. They were pretty young. I think... I think I remember them making a point that he was working uh, the fields, you know. I mean, even even Russia. if he's nineteen, let's say he was nineteen. Okay, that's okay. a seven-year difference. That's a six-year difference. Not I'm. Even my wife is six years younger than me. Even if he's thirty-seven, I mean, it's only a <laughs> fifteen-year difference. This is what nature wants. Come on. <laughs> Uh, Next time on Child Bridecast, we'll be talking about. But also, but but also remember at the very beginning when when Pete and Kitty first met, Kitty was infatuated with him. Yeah, and Pete was like, "Whoa, hey now, back off." Yeah, yeah, because she was a little girl. So that, she was still that, a little girl when they started to date. <laughs> yeah, but like she was, I mean, she was older. She when they started dating, she was like sixteen, seventeen, and he was probably like still nineteen, right? He yeah, that's what age. happens. <laughs> yeah, the guys don't age. Because if he's like 21 or 22, that's pretty young. <laughs> that's yeah. pretty young. That's statutory and, rape and, in a lot of places. And she does seem to be the only X-Men that aged. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, that's sort of the topic of the next question of the week. Is, yeah. Is like... Superhero. It's like we're gonna. How do we feel about some characters getting older and not... Car- and characters not... Oh, yeah. right like, on. How come oh, Batman's right not 50? You know? Right. Yeah, we're or maybe he is fifty. We're gonna we go to know. superhero age, and it does definitely become apparent when you start talking about relationships. Yeah, creepy. Yeah, uh, yeah. Ben Rob, Ben Rob on Excalibur. I remember those days. Was- uh, Salvador La Roca did the art, yeah. and that was before he started like tracing everything. Yeah, uh, I, I enjoyed his art quite a bit. I think it was very cool. It was um, very cool. It's still, you still. It was good. I like. Yeah, I like the way they clean. He cleaned it up at the end, and I would like to see him. Do more work. He's gone, X-Men. right? We haven't seen Ben Rab. I I haven't heard anything from him. Um, and... I know that he wrote like a Union Jack miniseries in the early two thousands or the very late nineties. So that would have been shortly after. I mean, this but it's run. been a long time, yeah. Yeah. And you know what? Was he British? I don't know. Uh, Warren Ellis's Nightcrawler had a goatee. That's true. We were talking on. We yeah. were talking about how weird is it that Nightcrawler has a beard now when he's supposed to be covered in fur already. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Warren Ellis's Nightcrawler pull. had. Yeah, a, he did he have had, a goatee. He had like a little so, soul patch kind of thing. Screw you. There you go. <sighs> I just it's, people are freaking it's out. For those of you who I don't mean, know, in the this, Beast used to have huge mutton chops. So I guess whatever. For those of you who don't know, the <clears throat> pardon me, the Uncanny X Men are coming back this week, and on the cover we have Nightcrawler with a beard. Yes. Got a beard. Now, hmm. we know that Nightcrawler is covered in blue fur. Very fine blue fur. They draw him like he has blue skin. He doesn't. He has very fine blue fur. Yeah. So, does that insinuate that he trims said blue fur all over his body or he would be a furry monster? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Can you imagine that? The, 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 the maintenance on that? Yeah. <laughs> like the beast. Well, no, I think it's, like when I the think beast used to have to shave human. and he would just be like, oh, no one can know. <laughs> <laughs> Like, don't ever make plans with Nightcrawler because it takes him forever to get ready. <laughs> but we, we know he has hair in his head, so yeah. it's established that his hair grows. Well, okay, why wouldn't you? Do have, you do it? Why I mean, you he? have longer hair and shorter hair. Yeah, you have. You're, you don't have to trim your arm hair, do you? No, I mean, that's just that's it. true. That's I a think, good point. I think he has a fine layer of fur, like peach fuzz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That covers his whole yeah. body. It's blue. Yep. Yeah, but it's it's yeah. tighter than Peach Fuzz. It's all over him. Right, right. He's like Moss Man. Right? Yeah, hey, that's man. exactly what I was He's thinking. He's like Moss Man. <laughs> I was thinking of Moss Man. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Moss Man doesn't trust Listen, that we're shit. really we're we're answering the hard questions today. We're digging in. <laughs> <laughs> we are digging in here. Thank you for your call. It is always good to talk to you, sir. All right, guys. Have a good one. Later, right. Harvey. Take it easy. I just looked up Ben Robb on the comic book database. And he doesn't even pop up. R A A B. Is it R A A B? Yep. Rab. Rab. But yeah, that is a name that I have not thought about for a long time. You mentioned Howard Mackey. That's another name I haven't thought about. Yeah, I think after um, after his Marvel career, he was kind of nobody was interested. 
<laughs> Nobody was interested. Yes, they were like, oh, he just did some stuff very recently, actually. Um, he did some, or no, this is reprints of old stuff from Age of Apocalypse, Rise of Apocalypse, X-Men Magneto War. Yeah, he has not worked on anything in a very long time. He did some Warehouse 13 stuff back in 2011. Okay. Yeah. And then he kind of... Well, I mean, his, he might, his bread and butter might come from elsewhere. A lot, of these, a lot of these guys move on to like TV writing or, yeah, or things know. like that. Where the earth sped up and just threw him right off. Yeah. He, he couldn't control his monodirectional <laughs> gravitational just field. like the blob. Yeah. yeah and he's just like... <laughs> Rui is the opposite of the blob. Yeah. And he has to focus on controlling it. Like, no, 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 don't fly away. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> All right. The phone lines are open. If you jerks don't start calling, we're just going to go into our answers and we're going to call it a day because this is ridiculous. Listeners, big news. We have a new sponsor. What? Some idiot has thrown us money? Yeah. Oh, my God. A lot. Ugh. A lot of money. Frankly, it could have gone towards his Patreon. But uh, it's somebody you might be familiar with, a little friend of mine named Carl D. Smith. Never heard of him. A.K.A. Camarillo Brillo. Oh, why didn't you just say that in the first place? That's right. He is the star of such illustrious podcasts as Make Eternia Great Again, which is all about He-Man, and Goad Kicker. And he has a new Patreon where he is putting up all sorts of fun stuff to do with his writing and gaming adventures. The URL is patreon.com slash Carl D. Smith. And this is what you're going to be able to find there. Patron only access to full stories, fun gaming events, breaking news, and even occasional swag. Patrons pay as low as a buck a month. It's charged month to month. There's no long-term commitment. As with all patrons, you can come and go as you please. But it's not just for people that want to pay. There's also free content for public users, including updates and samples of projects that are in the works. Carl has three levels, he calls them, of his work. Uh, One is his all-ages level, where he's got projects like Draw Your Own Adventure and Bigfoot Jones. Uh, He's got uh, something that's appropriate for most ages, Horror books like <laughs> most ages, most ages, uh, his horror anthology, the horror of Loon Lake and be careful what you wish for. He also has play your own adventure, which is a line of game books, hex card based solo adventures and full tabletop RPGs. Then he's got his teen plus stuff only for grownups, kids, his horror books, the darkness out of Carthage, which is like Lovecraft meets the Punic Wars. It's fun stuff. Historical fiction. And he's got an upcoming fantasy series Cardinal Fates. Go to the Patreon now. They're currently in the middle of a live playthrough of his first Play Your Own Adventure game book. It's like a choose-your-own-adventure style branching path novella with RPG staples like character creation and dice rolling. All the money you throw to Carl goes exclusively towards leveling up his work. Being able to get his name out there, get uh, his promotion going, it includes uh, tabling at conventions, uh, being able to travel and set up at shows, and all the feedback and encouragement is appreciated, and it's going to fuel his productivity. Guys, Carl's a great writer. He's, he's a, cr- a great guy. He's a creative juggernaut. He this, is seriously. a huge supporter of this show, and he has been since almost the beginning. He made just he recently made a huge life choice to really chase this too, and like honestly. I think it's absolutely worth throwing some money at this guy, not because he's a friend of ours, but because he's taking a chance. Okay, folks? Go throw some money at Carl Smith. He quit his job. His family is in a disarray. He quit his job. He ditched his family. If Bigfoot Jones <laughs> isn't a hit, it's your fault. That's right. When we find the body of Carl Smith, it's your fault. All right? <laughs> Patreon.com slash Carl D. Smith. We'll have that right in the notes for this show. Absolutely. Well. Thank you, Carl, for your sponsorship. You're too goddamn sweet to us. Let's talk about biggest turnaround. Uh, Let's do it. Patrick says Kitty was 13 and Colossus is assumed to be around 19. Yeah, so that's what we said. Six year difference. So when she gets older, it's not that big of a deal. Uh, okay, so that was issue 129. Okay. And uh, she kissed him for the first time under the mistletoe in issue 143. Okay. And then they had their so first... So he was like kissing a 14-year-old? And then they had their first full-on sexy smooch in uh, around issue 160 or thereabouts. So 40-ish 
35 to 40 issues so later. We're hoping Kitty was which aging. Which is, you know, three or four years. Okay. So she's 17. But that's real time. We're not talking about comic book time. Yeah, that's true. So <laughs> this is where the aging thing this is where the aging thing really causes problems. Like the cops, do they need to go arrest Peter? Like, was that statutory rape at the time? Or Ticky. Uh, <laughs> the more we think about it, the more we like look at it, the grosser it gets. Yeah, let's just stop thinking about it. <laughs> let's just write that off. Uh, so I had my answer immediately. Okay. To uh, the question of creative turnarounds, uh, resetting the question once again. Um, what are creators or creative teams that came onto books that were awful and turned them around completely okay. and and saved them from uh, critical and Financial failure. Okay. Uh, my answer is Grant Morrison and Howard Porter on JLA. Okay. Though that was technically a new book. Um, they relaunched the title. Well, but you're relaunching the Justice League. The Justice League, yeah. Um, the previous volume was very bad. Very bad. Very bad uh, in the early 90s. Um, right around the time of like Underworld Unleashed and that sort of thing, 93, mm -hmm. 94. Uh, like it was... Not good. Characters you don't care about. Adventures you can't remember. Yeah. Uh, creators I can't even terrible. bother to name Just at terrible, this point. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Uh, and they, it, like the book got canceled or it ended. And then Grant Morrison and Howard Porter relaunched it in 1996 with JLA number one, bringing back the powerhouse characters, amazing epic stories, uh, taking, taking characters that were in really bad places. Like they killed off Wonder Woman. Uh, during that time, uh, Superman turned into a blue energy person at that time. Oh, yeah. And Grant Morrison just rolled with it. Yeah. He's like, you know what? Electric Superman's awesome. He's going to move the moon. <laughs> he's going to build, he's going to turn himself into a giant he's electromagnetic move and move the moon. Deal push with it. the moon back into orbit. <laughs> uh, yeah. And he wrestles an angel. It's amazing. Uh, that run is so wonderful. Yeah. Uh, and like, they saved the Justice League. Oh, without a doubt. No question. Mine is also a DC book. And some people are going to be upset about this because it might, the book is Green Lantern. And I'm giving it to Jeff Johns when he took over Green Lantern in 2005. Right? Yeah. Before that, we had a Green Lantern series running from 1990. Ron Mars had been the main architect of that series. And it was good. Yeah, I really loved it. I very Mars much Ron. liked it. And they, uh, Jud, Judd Winnick took over. Judd Winnick uh, took over for a little bit. And then Ron Mars came back. And finished out the series. Less good. It was more than less good. Yeah. It was terrible. It, it was like a, wasn't it like a, um, I, I think it was like a crossover with Green Arrow. Yeah, something? they did that for a little while there. Um, it ended with like the homecoming storyline, which like brought Kyle back to Earth and everything. But Kyle was wearing this really stupid armor and like. Oh, like he became Ion. Yeah, right? he became Ion for a little bit. It, they they built up Kyle so much that we loved him and it was great. And Judd Winnick's run on there with Kyle was wonderful stuff. And then Ron Mars came back and was like, I kind of want to return to the space cop sort of whatever. Yeah. And started looking into some ideas that Jeff Johns would run with later and really do well, but it did not work at all. And it just, Kyle got completely watered down and stupid. They yeah. didn't know what to do. I remember just kind of like dropping off yeah. that book. Like I didn't care anymore. And then DC decided we're going to bring Hal back. And everybody went, uh, groan. That is so dumb. And we got Jeff Johns on Green Lantern 2005. The first issue was Hal, the ring up, green illuminating his yeah, face there was the green lantern rebirth or, yes. uh miniseries that preceded it where he uh returns from the dead oh my god this was these were the first but like jeff johns had done some other stuff that i really liked mm -hmm. but before that point he'd worked on jsa and some other things that were wonderful but this was the first time that i remember jeff johns taking over a single character book and really just focusing on one character at that time um i Right? I can't remember if he took over the Flash before or after he took over Green Lantern. I think it was after. That was after, I'm pretty sure. No. Really? No, because Jeff Johns took over... Jeff Johns took over the Flash, I think, before they relaunched Green Lantern. I'm looking over a chronological. This would have been back in 2000. He was doing JSA. 2002... 
Yeah, it was. It was like a year. It was like two years before yeah. he had started on The Flash. And his Flash was very good. You're yep. right. It was very good. But it was his Green Lantern, in my opinion. Those are still... That run of Green Lantern is yeah. far and away the best run of Green Lantern ever written. Like I, you're, don't, I don't think there's any question. You're, you're right that, like, whereas, whereas he did, like, have a, a, a very successful run on The Flash, The Flash wasn't, like, terrible... No, it was, he it was fine. It was fine. Um, and his Flash was still good. But what he did with Green Lantern... Yeah, Green Lantern, he, like, elevated. Now, it also mm-hmm. set up some stuff that people got really sick of after a while, where we met the different colored lanterns yeah, I mean, and the just, different cores kept, and shit like he that. He just kept going. He just kept adding new things. Well, and I also, I mean... Which it, sounds like it, it would be a good thing, but it's like... He was also not the Jeff Johns that he is now, where he's, like, creative chief officer and stuff like that. So... We don't know how much DC was like, keep doing it, keep doing it. Yeah. What if there were red lanterns? You know? <laughs> what if there were black ones and there were zombies? Right. Like, he was not the editor in chief on those books at the time. He was just yeah. a writer. Right. But, oh my God, that what he did for Sinestro and what he did initially with like Blackest Night and those storylines and shit and reinventing the origin of like the secret origin of Hal Jordan, why Abin Sur was in a ship and not flying through space. And stuff with like the alien in the back mm-hmm. that was like, You're afraid of something. You're scared of something, yeah. aren't you? Because uh, it made no sense. Like, it I made re- no fucking sense. I remember I remember uh like how excited I was every issue oh, yeah. of the like during the Sinestro Core War. Yeah. Like I couldn't wait for the next They were amazing. And very little of it had anything to do with what was going on on Earth. This was Hal Jordan Space Cop. Yeah, and I started thinking about this with this question because Grant Morrison is taking over Green Lantern next week, and I am so legitimately excited because it's been fine. It's been just fine, but it's just been fine. Thank you for calling THN Cover to Cover. Caller, who this? It's Brian Domingos. Brian Domingos, how are you, sir? We were just screaming about Jeff Johns Green Lantern. Yeah, pro, con, what was your uh, point of view? Very pro. We were talking about my answer to the question of the week, which was the best turnaround, and it was going from Ron Mars' end of his Green Lantern run into Jeff John's new Green Lantern run that brought Hal Jordan back. Yeah. And it won me over. I was very anti-Hal Jordan at the time because I loved Kyle Rayner so much. And so I was dead set against it, and I read the first issue and went, okay, this is going to be all right. <laughs> yeah, for for rebirth, yeah. Yeah. Oh man, it was good. Oh, Brian. Yeah, it's a good choice. Oh, sorry. <laughs> what did you want to wrap about today, sir? It's a very pregnant, um, pregnant well, pause. I don't. Yeah. Well, I, I I don't know. There's a little delay. Um, I don't think there was a lot of news this week. So, um, the question of the week. Um, uh, I was trying to find some an answer that was not Warren Ellis on Stormwatch, right? Um, and Tom <laughs> Rainey, obviously. Uh, that was my um, very first knee jerk reaction too. Yeah. It was like, Tom, yeah, without a doubt, because that book was fucking well, garbage, pure yeah, garbage. No, I mean, and you know, on our on our, you know, I guess at this point, our biweekly Wildstorm podcast, right? Um, time of the two headed nerd. <laughs> Cover to cover, we talk about that quite a bit, but yeah, it was that bad. And they were like young and hungry, and um, turned and took like a nothing book into, um, you know, a genre redefining, yeah, um, legendary title, legendary, legendary work. So I didn't, you know, I said, well, that's you know, I'm, I, you know, I assume most people would think of that, um, who are like minded like me. So, and I don't think it was in a really, um, horrible position but when jeff johns and scott collins took over flash we were just talking um, about that as well joe brought that yeah and they um i mean johns was it's hard to you know kind of go back 20 i mean it was 20 years to think about like yeah that that book was he was nobody he was brand new and he'd done a couple things and you know I, he probably yeah. like scripted over someone's plot you know like kind of a little work and i'll bet um and then and that flashbook was, he did that initial arc with, um, uh, I forget what his last name is, but um, on hell something or other. Um, and where it's like the, uh, the Wonderland, like, re- like yeah. reverse image mirror world, which was cool, you know, but it was like, you know, it was just kind of like a fun arc. And then he got the full-time gig and like, it just like, they changed the coloring and they gave it, like they kind of opened it up and Scott Collins, blew, you know, came out of nowhere. And, yeah. And you brought um, an artist like Scott Collins onto the flash and people hated it. And other people 
were like, no way, this kicks ass. There was no one in between that looked and went, oh, yeah, that's not bad. You either fucking hated what Scott Collins was doing because they had never, you've never had an artist like that on Those the Those people are lunatics. Yeah, I how loved you, it. How could you hate it? I personally loved it. It was so cool, but he was just so different than anyone else that had ever drawn the Flash. Like angular yeah. and weird and drawing the lightning coming off of him and stuff. Like, oh, man, it was so cool. Yeah, I think at that point there was still, I mean, it was five or six years beyond that, but I think a lot of people are still thinking Mike Waringo's version. Yeah. Um, even though he, right. he had a pretty short run overall, but he was sort you know, they had impulse and, you know, all these really defining well, and it was, you know, beautiful. Mark, Mark Wade's run just, you know, carried so much weight. So there was like a lot of eyes on it. And yep. then, um, you know, they kind of got someone not so traditional. They did that muted, like kind of brown palette where the only thing that was red was flash. Right. You mm-hmm. know, or like, and so he really kind of popped, but it wasn't even like super red. Like everything was just that kind of weird subdued coloring. And, oh, and okay. the two of them just like. Wonderland was Angel yeah. Unzet in Unzudia. Yeah, Unzudia, who was really good, and I don't think we ever saw him again. <laughs> I've I've seen he's him been, on some things, but he's never been like a regular okay. like. And I'm trying to look, run he's been guy. on he's been on some kind of relatively high profile. I think maybe Spider Man books recently or Venom or something like he. I see his name around, and I look and I go, yeah, he's still good. Like, but he's like heavy blacks and yeah. kind of exaggerated, and um, and or Collins was just like brighter, and and they did that whole thing where like they redefined. Like this is Keystone, and this is this right. is yeah. Wally's place in the world, right? And this is how people feel about him. And well, this is also um, when they went. Jeff Johns was coming in and saying, like, examining the characters and saying, "Okay, we've done this with the Speed Force. We've done this with the Speed Force. What is the Speed Force? Let's decide right now. Figure it out, and how it actually affects these characters and what. And not so much explaining it, but defining it, just like he did with Green Lantern." Where like, where does their power come from? Why is this is yellow uh, actually an issue for them and stuff like that? And we got to see like Barry doing, well, actually, yeah, this was Barry. Barry doing different. It was Wally. Oh, this was Wally. You're right. Wally doing Wally, yeah. different things with his powers and having ramifications for said powers, like Zoom coming out of the Speed Force and other people being trapped in the Speed Force and shit like that. The Speed Force became a character. In Jeff Johns's arc, it was oh man. Well, I mean, Mark Wade gets a lot of credit for that. Like, True. Um, yeah, it was Wade and Augustine were on the run before this, right? Uh, yeah. Um, there were some fill-in issues, right. but, but yeah, the, the bulk a, of it, a small gap, like yeah. the bulk of the hundred and what was it? God, hundred and sixty issues. Wade was on the Wade. book for eight years. Yeah, and it was uh, great. Mm-hmm. It was totally. Yeah, great. there was like it was like six months of kind of they did like the the Wally and and Linda. Um, wedding issue, and I think Pompeo may have written it. Like it was kind of just fill-ins, and, and yeah. like yeah. there's a there's a Joe Casey issue, like little kind of things, and that and, and they were fine. Well, but Mark like, Millar had some issues in there too, right? That was right. Uh, Mark Mark Millar, Grant Morrison, and Mark Millar um, did one year in the middle of. Okay, that's right. Like Mark Wade took a gap year. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and uh, Grant Morrison and Mark Miller wrote it for. Yeah, while. and that was great too. Yeah, that was where um, the human race, where uh, was the name of one story arc where um, like everybody on Earth had to run so that they could generate enough energy to yeah 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 beat this alien or whatever the fuck. Um, Wally yeah, got both I, of his I legs a, broken in the first issue. Yeah, <laughs> he's in the wheelchair yeah. in the very first issue. <laughs> that was. I have ass. one of um, I have a Paul Ryan page from that human race where it's him and his like imaginary friend who's like Sonic the Hedgehog. Yes. Like a little, <laughs> oh, he's like the little, little radio signal. Like, yeah. Yeah. Later. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's like, it's this huge, I mean, and Paul Ryan did, uh, you know, the big, you know, he did fantastic four for a long time. And right. I mean, I think he was responsible for the F on the, uh, the F cutout on the chest. Of, uh, yes, uh, the boob window. Storm. Oh, really? Yeah, like, Paul Ryan was the artist. Yes, Paul Ryan. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. But, he, but he, he had a really, like, I mean, I remember being 16 or so and reading Flash because it was good and thinking, like, this art is more traditional than, like, I'm used to, but it was so, it's so clean and clear. Right. And yeah. he's right. just a great storyteller. And the colors, like, Flash has been a really good book forever. And, um, so yeah, so Jeff Johns coming in with Scott Collins was terrific, and then you get that little tiny arc um, with that Argentinian—I think he's Argentinian artist—um, 
Well, I can't think of his name right now, but it, where uh, Wally lost his powers. Yeah, and, like um, uh, his oh, last Alberto name is like Doze. Yeah, Doze or what was yeah. the name? What was it the name is, of the story? It, Ignition. Ignition. Or, Ignition. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or like he he lost he, his memory, right? He goes to um, he goes to Hal, who is still the Specter, and is like everything is bad because everyone knows who I am. Yeah, and, Alberto C. Um, Doze and, or Doze. Or... Yeah, and then so Hal says, okay, so he fixes it so Wally, so no one remembers that Wally is the Flash, even Wally. Like, oh. he, like the Flash disappears. I forgot and that Hal was like, a so Spectre. Yeah. That was one of those things we Spectre. really That needed. was Jeff Johns, too. Yeah, that was one of those things that needed <laughs> yeah. to be fixed. <laughs> I loved Hal Jordan as the Spectre. No. I thought it was so no. cool. I really did. Stupid. Yeah, but that was part of his, like, his you know, reinvigorating and, and, you know, it was his penance. Like, yeah, it was his redemption like, I get arc. it. Yeah. I get yeah. it. I just don't think we get to take turns being the specter. The specter is the specter. No, the specter needs a mortal, a mortal anchor. That's the whole deal. Yeah, but Hal was not just a mortal anchor. Hal was the specter. He became the specter. Yeah, Jim, Jim Morrison? Yeah, that was his name. Uh, Corgan. Jim Corgan. Jim, Corgan. Jim Morrison. Yeah, Jim Morrison. The lead singer of the Doors. Before he was in the Doors, he was a police officer. Right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Jim Corgan also was the Spectre. Like, yeah, but the Spectre was like a personality that took over Corgan. Corgan couldn't control it. He was like, I am the Spectre, and I am here to punish. It wasn't. Uh, he, and Cor- I don't know. He, kind of, he, he was kind of along for the ride. He was yeah. like, yeah, we're cool. I'm, I'm the Spectre. Not like. He, it's not like Dead Man, where he take the it takes over the person, and the person doesn't know they, that they're Dead Man they, temporarily. Right. They become one; they're bonded. They yeah, I are, suppose, but it's like, isn't it like a Ghost Rider thing, where like Johnny Blaze becomes the Ghost Rider, but the Ghost Rider? No, I don't a, think so. You know, like it's not Johnny Blaze; he's like a passenger at that point. No, I don't think so. I think that they are like really. Like, I think that the Spectre and its host are like. See, I thought it was different for Corrigan, and then when. I thought it was different for Corgan. Like, Corgan was a passenger. Nah. And, like, just had the power. Nah, dude, nah. You need to read up on your Spectre. I don't know. I've, I never read a bunch the, of this. Speaking of... The, the, the original, he was just, like, a guy in, like, white grease paint. Pretty much. Like, yeah, he, yeah. like, ran... He had his... He, did, he went, like, a, a green cloak, and he ran around, like, yeah, with, like, green gloves. That was the joke why like Hal that. Jordan became the Spectre, because they both wore green. He, he got like, his... Like, he he had his, sense. He had his little green Speedo and his tiny boots, yep. and he was the Spectre. He had a hood. Uh, speaking of great runs, uh, the, uh, I can't, I'm blanking on who wrote it. Um, but the Tom Mandrake Spectre, John Ostrander and Tom Mandrake, Mandrake. that is a phenomenal run. Wonderful. I would argue that is the only Spectre run that you need to own. I, it's the only Spectre run that I do own. Yeah. I mean like (laughs) all the rest of Spectre stuff, I never care. I never cared about the character because they never defined what it was like they would say oh it's the wrath of god what does that mean it means is like, the embodiment of the wrath of god what's the but like what's the problem what does that mean is it is he their ghost writer is he like because then all of a sudden there was a panel of them then he was on it with like doctor the phantom stranger and all these other characters it's like they never defined what they were that run that ostrander run defined what that the specter did. is yeah yes. that did definitely before I that mean, that run is i just never 25 years old i never cared about that character um yeah. Jeff Johns and Scott Collins. That's a that's a That's a hell of a team. That was a good run. And when Howard Porter came onto the book. Oh man. I'm still a fan of Howard, Howard Porter today. Yeah. He's Howard still Porter is he, he is spectacular. I can't even like he puts things out and I'm like how does he he had to like teach himself how to redraw cuz he Yeah, he, he hurt himself. He broke his hand yeah. and, um but that that last flash arc where it's like flash versus uh uh, Hunter Zolomon Zoom, oh, and man. then um, and then Barry shows up, and then like the Reverse Flash shows up, and yeah. so it's like yeah. two flashes and two zooms fighting at the same time on like cosmic treadmills, and it's like it's everything I've ever wanted out of a Flash. I know. Like, yeah, it's it's that, but that's as much Barry as I want. Like, great, go back into the time stream. We're good. <laughs> yeah, I know. We, thank you, thank you for coming to help. We don't need to see you again. Joe is talking about and, Howard Porter's JLA as well with Grant Morrison. Yeah, Howard Porter, Grant Morrison, and Howard Porter on JLA was Holy my answer. Holy shit, that book looked good. Oh my god. Yeah, no, that that's a good book. Oh, and it gets it gets I don't know it gets flagged sometimes, but it's like the for the art because sometimes his stuff was a little weird, but it's. I, don't, See, it, I didn't it, mind. It, it I, could. I loved him. It could not have been like Frank Quietly from day one. It had to be like some right. transitional nineties sure. artist and um and like but those final issues are just so and John Dell the, the inker he does a big part of it yeah um, definitely and got yeah fantastic fantastic. Definitely. 
totally agree. Totally agree. Brian, thank you so much for your call and rescuing this podcast. We were completely lost. <laughs> like you said, it was um, a slow news week. <laughs> anytime. Just just send up the signal, and, I, and I'll, I'll call in. No so the, the big D that we shoot up in the sky? Yeah. <laughs> sure. Send, send me your big D, and I'll come on. Be careful, because <laughs> you and D-Man are both going to show up and be like, no, D-Man, no. Nobody needs you around. Uh, okay, go away. We just I'm want Brian to go <laughs> I'm the one that doesn't smell like a sewer. That's me. Okay. Fair enough. All right, buddy. Okay. Have a good Later one. Guys. Bye, Brian. All right, let's get the hell out of here. This is ridiculous. Before we do, though, Joe Patrick, I need you to set up the new question of the week. Mm-hmm. We touched on it a little bit when we talked about, is it icky that Peter and Kitty were dating? Oh, yeah. So the final nail in this coffin, Patrick said that she turned 14 during the uh, 160s, uh, which means when she and Peter had their first sexy smooch, she was 14. It had only been a year. And Peter was... 19 or 20. I mean, I mean 20 probably. Uh, that's, I mean, that's not. Yeah, Matt, it's gross. Stop defending it. It's gross. Uh, yeah. Chris Claremont is a pervert. <laughs> the new question of the week comes from our good friend, it's Ket Nerd. It's gross. For the record, it's gross. Yeah. Okay. I'm not saying it's not gross. Uh, via the THN forums. So I was thinking a bit in regards to generational characters and superheroes aging. DC has a tradition of legacy characters, and Marvel has been catching on recently. However, because mainstream comics can never truly move forward, we'll still return to Barry Allen as The Flash, Peter Parker as Spider-Man, etc. Since this seems to be the way it will always be, getting new versions of the... Getting new version. <clears throat> Since this seems to be the way it will always be, getting new versions of the characters only to have the originals come back and have multiple generations of heroes exist side by side, how old should some heroes just call it quits? Right. How old do they need to be? Retirement age. Like, what's a reasonable status quo age for any given character? What's the maximum age that will accept Bruce Wayne running around as Batman? Yeah, so let's look at it this way. Let's look at, like, call in and tell us, how old do you think these characters are now? Like, And how old is too old? Like, like when, Kitty, when should we retire some of them? And, you know, as we were talking about, like, Kitty Pride has gotten older. She's, uh, right. she's of legal age now. She's running the school. Right. She's uh, uh, an adult. Um, but what does that mean for like Storm, yeah. who was is older she, than her? Yeah, is she like late thirties, early forties? Yeah, like you know? in my, we'll save it for the show. But like right, right, right. these are sorts of comic book. Like, how can there be five Robins and Batman's not fifty or sixty years old? Exactly. If Nightwing is in, if Nightwing is twenty five tops, right? How old is Batman? And all you know, you know how you fix that, Lazarus Pit. Batman got shoved in Lazarus pit a while ago. Took a bunch of years off his life. There you go. Boom. Solved. Wham. Yeah. Just do it. Or like when problem he, solved. We can't. Then we don't have this discussion. When he got shot with it. When he got shot with a. Like how old is Nick Fury? Doesn't matter. Infinity Serum. There you go. When he got shot with a time bullet and became a pirate. Yeah. He got a little younger. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Whatever. Like Magneto. <laughs> he's, he's been like sixty for how long? Like no, no, no. An alien came, made him a baby, grew up again. Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> there you go. All right. Just fix it. Okay. We fixed everything. That is it for Cover to Cover. We're here every Saturday from 1130 to 1230 Central Standard Time, sometimes rambling because you jerks won't call us. But uh, you can always leave us a message, like I said, and we can play on that, too, at twoheadednerd at gmail.com. Send us an MP3. Call us. Oh, dang, man. 402-819-4894. Anytime. Leave us a message. We got a voicemail. We did? From Jason Sachs here. From Sachs here? Yeah. Let's play this last voicemail and bounce. Where is it? I just flagged it. You just flagged it? Yeah, it's in... In the inbox. I'm going to flag you in a second here. All right, here we go. Take it away, sexier. Love this guy. Come on. There we go. Hey, guys. Jason Sachs here. The question of the week was basically, what's the uh, best upgrade of any comic ever? Uh, I've called about this before. i got to go back to my uh, go-to, which also promotes my... American Comic Chronicles of the 1990s, because it gets a good mention there. It's uh, Cable by Joe Casey and Jose Ledron. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That run followed, uh, I don't even know who did that work that book before that. Nobody. TV, don't worry about Churchill it. Churchill and God knows who. Was it Joe um, Casey? Anyway, they took Marvel's no, most Joe Casey took over. Uh, Joe Kelly. With his most uh, confusing and bizarre 
origin story and turn him into like a really fascinating character with a supporting cast and great storylines that included small moments of him just making friends and large moments of him fighting the hordes of shield. All drawn in this gloriously crazy mix of uh, Jack Kirby and Mobius by Jose Ledron, who's really one of the great cartoonists of our era. Uh, love, that whole run is just spectacular. Uh, the Hellfire Club, I think it's Hellfire Hunt, just came out in trade paperback. It's super well worth picking up. Uh, although there's not, uh, it's not full Ledron. It is fucking amazing. So um, there's my choice. Cable by Joe Casey and Jose Ledron following. Who knows? Who cares? Thanks, guys. Talk to you later. Bye. Thanks, Jason. Jeff Loeb and Todd DeZago were on it. Brian K. Vaughn wrote a couple issues with DeZago. Uh, Todd DeZago is a writer, not an artist. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, That's who was writing the book before. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Jeff, Jeff Loeb launched the series. Right. Uh, and then um, James Robinson had a run as well, which I think, I think was, immediately was, preceded Joe Casey. Did, was that, I think that was later, wasn't no, it? No, it was like... Um, uh, Joe Casey took over around forty or fifty years thereabouts. Joe uh, James Robinson's run was like in the late twenties. Joe Casey took over Operation Zero Tolerance with issue forty-five. Yeah, it looks like. Yeah, no, James Robinson would have been uh, before that. Oh, I'm wrong. James Robinson was issue forty-five. That was Operation Orange. James Dale Robinson. Is that the same James Robinson? Yeah, Dale. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the Hellfire Hunt was. 48, that was part one, the last James Robson storyline. No, Hellfire Hunt was Joe Casey. No, dude, I'm looking at it. It's James Robinson. They've got it listed here as James Robinson, though, but no, I, I think you're right. That was it's, Joe Casey. It's Joe Ca- Jason just talked about it. No, right here on the cover. He's literally written the book about it. Robinson, Ladrone. It's right here on the cover of 49, Hellfire Hunt. Then that's a typo. On the Marvel book? It says Robinson and Ladrone. Yeah, then it's an error. I don't think so, dude. Oh, shit, you're right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think Ladrone started on the book before Casey. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the case. Yeah. Yes. And then Joe Casey came on right after the Hellfire Hunt with issue 54, Jungle Action. Guess who was in there? Was it Black Panther? No. Yes, it was Black Panther. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. We I'm just gonna I'm just gonna continue to say that we the Marvel learned something. Printed in an error. Well, no, I think he was talking about Jose Ladron. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. So. Uh, obviously, Ladron was on the book before yes. Joe Casey. Thank but you. Joe very... Casey's run was great. Yeah, it was amazing. It was so good, man. And that book was garbage before that. I did not care. I liked James Robinson's run. Uh, uh, it was fine. I just didn't, I never cared about Cable until that run. I was like, oh shit, I love this character. Totally sure. rad. We're done here. Thank you everybody that tuned in and watched. Thank you everybody who listens to the show. Please call us, talk to us. This is your show, okay? We need your feedback. We want to hear stuff. Yell about stuff from the regular show. Yell about stuff that happened in your life. Call us. Leave us a message or call us live. Either one, okay? Otherwise, this show gets really wordy and boring. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's talk about Cowboys. Cowboy video games. Last night, I tamed an elite horse. Oh, yeah? Yeah, and now I'm like a cowboy god. Weird. I know. I, I need to talk to you a little bit about this game off camera. Uh. So we're getting out of here right now. This is THN signing off.